Why don't you be seated? Praise God. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is good. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Uh, if you would, uh, turn to the book of Zechariah. And uh, how many found Zachariah already? Okay, good, good. Three of you. <laughs> I haven't found it yet either. <laughs> Did I go too far? Have you ever, have you ever found yourself preaching and... Uh, and in, and in the middle of it, you went, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st, 2nd, Samuel, 1st, King, 1st, Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesi. Oh, I found it. <laughs> well, if that's never happened to you, then good for you. Zechariah. You ever wonder why it's spelled Z-E? should be Zechariah. Oh, well. Uh, chapter 4. I went through all that to read a scripture that you probably have already heard a hundred times. But that's all right. You need to know where it is. Hidden there in the hidden book of Zechariah. <laughs> and uh, Zechariah was having a vision. And an angel was asking him about the vision. He said, you know what these things mean? He said, no. <laughs> you know, you should be honest with the Lord. <laughs> you know what that means? Nope. So he answered, uh, verse 6. So, so he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, that's a great name, isn't it? Some of you should name your kids Zerubbabel. <laughs> you shall become a plain. Great almost, almost a little bit sounds like if you say unto this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, shall not doubt in your heart, believe the things you say shall come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. Remember Mark eleven twenty three. 23? Big mountain, big whoop-de-doo. You shall become a great plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone. In other words, that's the finish. That's the last one. The last stone. That's the finished product. Talking about rebuilding the temple. So you shall bring about the, uh, the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Grace, grace to it. 
It's an interesting thought he's bringing here. Uh, it's not complex, but he's, uh, he's talking to them about this, this great project and this great task that they have before them and the rebuilding of the temple and so forth. And he's telling them how it's going to happen. This is it's how it's going to happen. And we often quote that verse, but he said it's not going to happen by might or power. That doesn't mean not by God's might or not by God's power. But really what it means is not by your might. Not by, it's not by human might. Not by human power. Not by your strength, your efforts. Not by all of your wisdom is this going to happen. It's going to be done. And, uh, and, and when it's finished, you're going to have to say, grace. <laughs> the only thing you're going to have to have to say about it is, that was God. Yeah. Some translations say, yes, yes. You'll say, yes. You'll say, grace. You'll say, beautiful. But you're, you're basically exclaiming that this was God who did this. This, this is among the most simple, complex, uh, uh, simple, complex, the most <laughs> simple precepts, concepts uh, that sometimes we need to be reminded of because we get away from it. Even like we sang and worshiped and, and, and said some things to the Lord. They weren't really super deep, but they'll set you free. They absolutely make a difference. And the absence of those things and those time, that, that hour that we spent saying it, man, that's devastating to people's lives. To not have that. Wow, that's strong. Good preaching. <laughs> I'm listening to, to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I see, that, I see this in, in so many ways. It's, it's applicable to us individually. It's applicable to us as a church. You know, and, and you know, I, I'm thinking about what the Lord has called us to do. And the Lord has called us to build another building and, and put up some things. And, and when we're, we're done, what are we going to say? Man, we are awesome. <laughs> we are so smart. We are so... I don't know, something. No, we're going to say, grace, grace. <laughs> we're going to say, yes, praise God, you did it. You made this happen. And if we're not saying that, and if we don't think we're going to say that, we're not saying it even in, in advance like here. He's giving them the message in advance. This is the way you think. This is the way you speak. Then you won't, you won't get to that end. And there are a lot of things that God wants to do in people's lives individually that if they don't recognize, and, and, and I more than recognize, but readily and quickly acknowledge and actively thank God for it, that it's the grace of God, it is the ability of God, the strength of God that is bringing it to pass and bringing it to pass through you, then you never get to it. Yes. One, because what God asks us to do, what the visions that he gives us to all of his children are... Uh, he's going to give you something to do that's beyond you. When I say beyond you, beyond your natural human ability, your experience, your intellect, it, it goes beyond that. You're not just going to be able to coast resting on yourself. So at the end you say, not by God, but by me, saith me. <laughs> not by his spirit, but by me. 
See, and if that's what we can say at the end of it, yeah, it's, that's kind of blah. You know, I don't want to get to the end of my life and, and not be able to say, you know, God did that. And if there's nothing in my life that where I was challenged to go past me, then you have to wonder, I have to ask, did I really get the message from the Lord? Was I really listening? Because if I could do it, and it's the same as some, someone who doesn't know God, then I got to believe I didn't really hear from him. But if the, but if the challenge is greater... If the, if the vision is, 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 is beyond the natural, I'm talking even if it's just overcoming things in life or, even a, or accomplishing something in your life. When God gives it to you, it's bigger than you. And so this then becomes a must. If you ever have a, a vision to accomplish, to do something, and you don't see how in the world it could ever happen, you might be on to something. I'm not, saying, I'm not talking about just grabbing ideas out of the air or copying someone else, but I'm just saying when, when we walk with God, we worship him, there'll be times in life, I'm not saying every day, but times in life when he drops something in and it seems beyond us. I can tell you that's my life with being in ministry. Now I'm com- very comfortable now, but in the beginning days, way beyond me that I could do that. And he's still calling us to do greater things that, that stretch, go beyond our comfort zone. And <laughs> how about we just stay right here? How about we just camp out for a while? No, no, that's not the way he is. But this is a truth we've got to get settled, not by might, not by my might, not by my effort, not by my power, by the Lord's might and the Lord's power, which basically opens up the world to being possible because it's according to his power. Well, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Well, were you going to do it? Or were you going to let the Lord work in you and through you? And then all things become possible again. Then mountains like, wow, that's a massive mountain. It'll become flat. Praise God. Praise God. What we're talking about is not yielding, not leaning on the arm of the flesh. Not figuring everything out with your own carnal mind. But trusting in the Lord. But trusting in Him. Who is He to you? What has He said? Praise God. Let, let's let's uh, look at some other. You got a minute? I mean, I'm here. You're here. We might as well do this. We'll, we'll, I'll do it for as long, as little, or as we need to. Uh, let's go over to uh, the book of 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Notice verse 16. Well, no, just back up. 
Go to verse 12. Verse 12. 2 Corinthians 5, 12. Uh, Paul writes here, For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, so that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. So notice that some people are like that. What, what do they do? They boast in appearance, not in heart. How I many know that's directly opposite of the way that God is? We know, again, from the book from Samuel, anointing David as king. He looked at his brothers. They're, they looked the part, but they weren't the ones because God doesn't look at the outward. He looks at the heart, right? There, that's always been a problem with people. <laughs> it's not new, this thing that we're doing in our country. It's not new that this, what the government does and so many idiots in, in the spotlight do. <laughs> I mean, not as nice people. Uh, how they magnify people according to their outward appearance. That's been a problem for a long time. God is not that way. So if you're a Christian, you don't be that way, right? We're to, we're to not look at people and make judgments that way, right? We're looking, but some people, they, they boast in appearance. Um, verse, verse 12, for if we are, let me, say, let me slow down. That, that comes to your, that has to do with yourself too. Not only we don't boast in appearance, we're not looking, looking at other people that way, we're not going to look at ourselves that way. Okay, sometimes we're always making judgments concerning ourselves just by outward. Again, our might, our strength is a way to, one way to say that. We make judgments about ourselves. We're insufficient. We can't do it. We're not good enough. We come up short in some way. Instead of saying, no, I've been born again. I'm a child of God, filled with the Spirit of God, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm precious in His sight, lovely to Him, and, and, and fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on. We, we are certain things to Him, and, and we have to, by faith, acknowledge and accept that. We shouldn't go around disqualifying ourselves from every good thing from God. You, you remember, what's the scripture over there, Philemon verse 6? That we, be, we become effective in our communication. Communication of our faith becomes effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that's in us in Christ. Not by acknowledging everything that's bad. And unfortunately, in, in church circles, people are taught to do that. People are reminded all day long of something that's not even true if you're a Christian. But they're reminded, well, we're all sinners. Well, not if you're a new creation in Christ. You're the righteousness of God now. Well, we're all just... Just nothing. And, you know, we need to become nothing and God needs to become everything. And all this, all this craziness. <laughs> no, no, he is the all in all, no matter what I do. I need to say about myself what he says about me. And according to the scripture, I should say about myself and, and acknowledge every good thing I am in Christ. Not every bad thing I am in me. Because that dude's in the grave anyway. Remember, old things have passed away. That's in this same chapter. All things have become new. So am I going to talk about what's passed away or what's become new? I become effective. I'm able to communicate. I might be able to do what God has called me to do if I acknowledge good things. Everybody say it out loud with me. If you're in Christ, come on, say this. Say, there are a lot of good things about me. 
<laughs> That's true. Now, if you have a problem with pride, then just make sure you add in Christ. Okay. But a lot of people, they're, 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 their image of themselves is not too high in this regard. It's too low. Their, their, their mentality is, I can't. I'm incapable. And we're not talking about our might, though. Or our, we're talking about God in us. We're talking about what Christ has made us. And that's something impressive. I tell you, you are impressive in the spirit. And I know sometimes we, we, we talk about, I wonder what the angels are thinking when they get around us. And, we'll, you know, we make jokes about they're probably rolling their eyes saying, what are these turkeys doing? <laughs> you know, and I know sometimes we don't do everything like, like we're supposed to do. But, but I think the angels probably have a greater respect for you and me because of who we are in Christ. Amen. They're not standing around rolling their eyes when you walk in the room. They're standing around saying, wow, look, at there's, there's another one. Look at them. Redeemed of the Lord. There's the blood-bought church right there. There's, there's the ones that he loves so much that he gave his own life for them. These are the, they're right here. You guys see them? There's another one. We get to help them. What an honor. To serve God by assisting the children of God. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of disrespect with angels and, and God's children. I don't think I've ever thought this way or said this before. I don't think angels are standing around rolling their eyes at you. I think they're standing in, in respect of, of you because you're a chosen one of God. You're one of his holy ones. You are redeemed by Christ's precious blood. They're honored to serve us. Wow. Phew. What should we read next? Uh, Verse 13, for if we are beside ourselves... It is for God, if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And, 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 and he died for, for all, that those who live should no longer, should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, this is the verse I wanted to get to. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. It's almost like now we don't, we don't even see Jesus in the flesh now. He's, he's a, he had ascended, gone on to be with the Father. And that's, that's presented as, as superior you know, one of, the, one of the difficulties they had when Jesus walked the earth is he looked like everybody else. Here's the Son of God, and he's not that impressive looking. Now, to hear his words, to see him act, of course, very impressive and praiseworthy, but he, was, he looked like everybody else. In this regard, this is an advantage that we have. We don't know Jesus after the flesh. We know him after the Spirit only. So we're not hindered by that. We're not hindered by appearance. Right? 
<laughs> when Jesus walked the earth, how many know he did all the things that people do? The gross stuff. Right? He, was, he, he had a real human flesh body. They traveled. They were probably dirty a lot. There's the Son of God. Hmm. Never had that image. Right? So we don't know him after the flesh. We don't know Jesus. Maybe that's why Jesus said it's expedient that I go away. He says, because you're going to be better off when the Holy Spirit comes and you know me by the Spirit. When the Holy Spirit reveals me to you, that's going to be better. Our, in other words, our, our understanding of the Son of God gets elevated. And we see Him in all His glory. But we still have the challenge with each other and with ourselves to not regard anyone according to the flesh. Why do I not want to regard anyone? Well, because, again, our flesh is just flesh. It's just an earth suit. It's just a temporary house. It's not been glorified. It's got its quirks, right? You don't take care of it. It gets ugly fast, <laughs> right? you got to bathe it and cut its hair and, and clothe it and, you know, feed it. And you want to feed it too much. And, but it's just, a, it's just what we're living in. It's not permanent. I mean, it, it's permanent in this regard, but it'll be glorified. It'll become... Shazam, <laughs> bam, you know, instantly, and it'll be amazing forever. But we have to intentionally not lean on ourselves, rely on our own ability. We've we got to intentionally not look at other people after the flesh, but to see them in the spirit. You know, I mean, even in what Galatians, Paul wrote to the Galatians, said, in Christ there's neither male nor female, Right? I mean, we know in the, in the physical there is. That's a revelation. Huh. What's a woman? Well, I don't know. I'm not a biologist. <laughs> Sorry. Some of these things are so funny. They're just... <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're spared. But in Christ now, there... Our spiritual relationship, which is how we need to view each other, is those things aren't, aren't an issue anymore. They're not, they're not relevant, right? We're not seeing each other after the flesh. We're not seeing our... We're, you shouldn't disqualify yourself from being in God or being used of God because you're male or female. Yeah. Or, or any other thing. I'm not strong enough. Well, perfect. Yeah. You're qualified. I don't have enough might. Oh, good. God can use you. Because what happens is, is if someone is pretty strong and they've got some good, there's a real chance that they might rely on that. That they might think, yes, I can do the will of God. I can serve him flawlessly. I can be faithful to him. I can do all these things because I'm good. And that, that mentality is probably going to get you knocked on your butt somewhere along the line. Because there's going to come something where th that will come up in life and you won't be good enough. You won't be strong enough. I don't mean God's knocking you down, but I, I, I'm saying we must get the mentality of an in Christ person 
and not view and not, as he says here, regard anyone according to the flesh. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Go over to the book of, I don't know, where should you go? Let's see. Um, I don't know. Well, go to Acts 27. This is one of my favorite faith verses. Seems like an odd faith verse, but it's very specific. This is when Paul was prisoner. He was on the ship. They were out at sea forever. And uh, they all thought they were going to die. And uh, in verse 23, an angel stood by him. He saw an angel. The angel said, Paul, don't be afraid. You're going to stand, you're going to come before Caesar and so forth. Verse 25. Therefore, Paul says to the rest of the crew, he's a prisoner, by the way, unjustly, but he is a prisoner. Verse 25, therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. I believe God. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus said, have faith in God. You know what I'm, what, what I'm basically saying when I said, when I read the verses and not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, I'm saying, have faith in God. Believe God. Not, Paul didn't say here, uh, take heart, everybody. Chill. I believe in myself. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, that's how I succeed in life. I, I really believe in myself. I mean, that's a message from a lot of people today. Even a lot of successful people, they'll try to encourage the young and say, you just need to believe in yourself. Oh, I hate that. Ah, believe in yourself? That's so limited. I mean, wouldn't you rather believe in God? <laughs> wouldn't you rather have faith in Him and His might and His ability? I believe in myself. Well, you know, self-confidence. Well, how about God confidence? How about I believe God's Word? How about I believe that, that, that He is in me and I'll overcome by Him? Because now there's nothing too difficult. Paul said, I believe uh, God, but not just period, I believe God that. What do you believe God? So I believe in God. Fine, so do demons. How about I believe God that? That what? That it will be as he told me. I mean, no, there's a, there's a necessary prerequisite to believing God, and that is that he told you something. Now, he tells you things both in the book and by his spirit. In the book, by his spirit, he reveals these, these scriptures to us, and very specifically in life, he'll say things to you. I could tell you stories, I probably won't right now, of things that I knew God said to me. What did, that, what did that enable me to do? It, it enabled me to say, well, I believe God that it's, this is going to happen. I believe that this will happen, this will change, this circumstance will be rearranged. Um, I'll come up, I'll come out, everything will be fine. Why do you say that? Well, I mean, what, what do you see that would cause you to say that? Nothing. I believe 
God that it will be as he said. That's what it means to not lean on your own strength, live according to your own might. It means you've heard from God and you've attached your faith and confidence to what he said. That's what makes us powerful. That's what makes us able. That's what puts us over the top. That's what enables us to take the mountain and bring it down to a plain. That's what enables us to put the capstone on, to finish the work, to do the job, to get everything done, to finish your life, to finish your course, to run your race with joy like Paul did and and finish your course and say, I'm done, I'm finished, I did it all, I did what God told me to do. I put the capstone on, It's, it's complete. How do you get there? Well, there's a lot of opposition. To everyone in life, a lot of opposition. It's thoughts, it's discouragement, it's people, it's challenges, it's mountains that stand in the way. And unless we, we, we can say, but I believe God, then we're probably not ever going to put that final stone on. Sorry for my voice, it's squeaking a little bit. We're <laughs> uh, uh, never going to get finished without a word from God. Never going to get finished without having a scripture. Well, the Word says, well, Jesus said, well, Paul wrote this. Well, the prophet said this. I was praying and I, I interpreted my tongues and this is what came out. And you take that Word from God and it enables you to finish. So many people don't finish. They start. They go for a while and they peter out. Where are you now? What are you doing now? What happened to that vision? What about that thing? Well, I don't know. It was hard. I didn't see how it could happen. I don't know. Maybe I missed God. Maybe it wasn't right. Or maybe you need to go back and hang on to that word you had from the beginning. And say that all the days of your life. Say, well, what if it never happens? Well, one, think about it. You You stand before God and you didn't quit. You're not going to get criticized for that. He's going to say, yes, you sure, you sure stuck with it. But think about it. If it's really God, you're going to see it come to pass anyway. I'm just saying there's not a whole lot of downside to hanging on, to, to, to trusting God, to taking his word, saying, I believe God, it's going to be fine. Amen. Go, go to another one. You got another minute? <laughs> uh Galatians. Uh, no, go to Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. Um. Verse number three. Uh, ver- yeah, Philippians three three. For we are the circumcision. Who now? I understand what that say. Some of you ladies saying, "I'm not." <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't apply to me. And maybe some others too. Uh, (laughs) Those words are in the Bible. We have to deal with them. (laughs) You understand that was the sign of the covenant. 
in the Old Testament, the Abrahamic covenant. So you bring that over into the spirit and it has to do with we are the circumcision. We're in the covenant with God through Christ. Hallelujah. Who worship God in the spirit. So that helps there, right? In, in the spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Have no confidence in what? Flesh. What's that? That's my mic. That's my power. That's looking at my own self and others and giving regard to just the outside, just the flesh. He says, we rejoice, we worship in the Spirit, we rejoice in Christ and have no confidence in the flesh. Not putting our confidence in the flesh. Where's your confidence? I'm very self-confident. Oh, you mean flesh confident. Well, I just believe in myself. Flesh confidence. Paul learned not to do that. He had good reason to do that. Because he was accomplished. He was studied. He was smart. He was committed. He had a lot of good things, a lot of disciplines in his life. And a lot of things, a lot of plaques on his wall. A lot of trophies, a lot of uh, things that he could say, I'm, and he goes through, you can read the rest of the chapter. And he was born in the right tribe. And he, was, he just had a lot of good things going for him. Okay? And he said, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. I'll tell you what it was, but now I'm going to tell you, that's trash. Because <laughs> that does not get the job done. I have learned that I've got to view myself in Christ and say my ability, my strength, my worthiness, my life is all centered around who I am in Christ. That's a lesson for all of us, isn't it? I know uh, recently Pastor Mickey was sharing some of this in one of our meetings. And, and, and I think he, he I, I might not explain it as, good, as well as you did, but he was saying something to the effect of we think of, uh, of being about the flesh. We think of about the flesh like the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit. You know, uh, the different works of, what are the works of the flesh? <laughs> Adultery, fornication, anger, murder, and malice, all that kind of stuff. And we all say, yeah, flesh, blah, that's bad. I don't want to murder people. I don't want to, uh, not, I don't want to be in the flesh. And that's all true, okay? You don't, we don't want to yield to the flesh. We want to yield to love, joy, peace, etc. Okay, but in this same, uh, uh, the same word, the same verbiage used here is I have no confidence in the flesh. What's he talking about? He's not just talking about, I'm not placing my confidence in those sinful behaviors. He's saying, I'm not going to place my confidence in my own successes, in my own ability, my own accomplishment. If I'm going to do anything, if I'm going to reach forth towards the goal of the high calling of God in Christ, then I can't rely on me to get there or my flesh to get there. It's all about what Christ has done, knowing him knowing what I can do in him. This is called faith in God. It's, again, maybe not complex, but life-changing. This enables us to do it. You can get her done. Pastor Wade. You didn't know I knew Texan, huh? You can get her done. You can 
Get what done? What do you need done? You can, you, can get, you can get the marriage where it's supposed to be. You can get your finances where they're supposed to be. You can believe God for your health. You can get your, your body completely healed. Right? You can do the will of God. You can accomplish that vision, that dream that he gave you. You can stop falling into the same sin over and over again. So I've tried. I know. You're not strong enough. <laughs> I've tried to overcome. I keep doing I know. You're weak. Can I just... You stink. <laughs> you're not good enough. But here's the good news. Who cares? You're a prime candidate to win. You're set up for success right here. Because as soon as we stop leaning on that and say, yeah, I can't, but I'm in Christ. Amen. Paul said in the, second, the 12th chapter of 2 Corinthians, he said, I knew a man in Christ. And he talked about this experience in heaven. And they all biblical scholars say he was talking about himself. I like that language. I, knew a, I know a man in Christ. Who's he talking about? Himself. You could say that. Or a woman if you want. I mean, male or female doesn't matter in the context. Right? I know someone in Christ. That person can do all things. Because it's Christ who gives them strength. That person can obey God. I think the Lord's calling me to do this. I don't know if I can. <laughs> awesome. This is going to be amazing. You're going to, you're, cause you're going to be required to lean on him, to trust him, to look in the middle of the storm and say, you guys chill. It's going to be fine. I believe God. Amen. Say, I mean, have you ever been, been here? I, I've been here quite a few times. Where what I'm saying out of my mouth, there's another, there's another thought in my head trying to counteract it, contradict it. Yeah. I'm saying, I believe God that this is so. I believe that this is going to happen. And there's a little thing going, are you sure? <laughs> Anyone ever have that? Oh, yeah. You're not schizophrenic. It's not, <laughs> you're not demon possessed. You are just... Deciding to live by faith and your, your eyes, your flesh is trying to say, no, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. You're not going to see that. That's not real. Don't say it. You're going to look like a fool. Don't tell anybody that. So what? At the end, we just kind of don't take any chances or don't ever step out in faith. We never declare God's promises. In other words, we live full of fear and timidity. We're never stepping out with boldness to see God show up. Amen, amen. Say it out loud with me. Say, I'm going to do it. Whatever I'm supposed to do. Not in my own strength or might, but by his spirit. I'll get her done. I will do the will of God. I'll live in God's best. I will pass every test. He is my strength. He is my joy. He is my ability. The gifts of God reside in me. And he's enough to put me over every single time. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I tell you, God is a good God. Amen, 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 amen. And so we rely on him to do what? Well, to do anything. 
anything that's right. Just normal life. Rely on him to build a business if you're into that. Rely on, not by might, not by power, but say, Lord, I'm working by your spirit. I'm accessing your wisdom. I have the mind of Christ. I'm accessing your, your, your guidance every day of my life. It's how, we, it's how, we, it's how you, you handle relationships. It's how you minister. I, I, I mean, if you, if you, well, all of us are ministers, right? We know ministers of the new covenant, ministers of reconciliation. But I can tell you from a pastoral perspective, uh, my, I will study, I will prepare for things the best I know. But I, I've, I was telling someone recently, a young preacher, uh, and they were just saying, hey, I just didn't feel like I was prepared enough. I thought maybe I need to study more. And I, I just I told them, can I tell you something? You know how many times, I can't count them, where I have gone into a service and I felt unprepared, but I did prepare. But the thought comes, you should have prepared more. You should have studied more. You should have looked more things up. And I, I, I've, I've, you know how many times I've prayed, I looked at my notes, you know, before a, before a Sunday service with you guys. <laughs> I looked at my notes and I thought, I don't think this is good enough. I don't know, man. And I say, Lord, I need your help. I'm, I'm being totally sincere. I mean, I pray that way all the time. Give me utterance in the spirit, but Lord, we're going to have to fill in the gaps here because <laughs> I don't think this is sufficient. But you know how those services turn out? I walk away impressed with him. I walk away saying, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you, Lord. You did it again. <laughs> you came through. My insufficiency was met by your sufficiency. Me, me recognizing that I am not enough, but the gift of God in me, the spirit of God working through me is more than enough. And it's like you go away saying, man, that worked out pretty well. Don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> but I'm saying leaning on God, leaning on his, his spirit, trusting in specific promises, it works. It works. It brings, it brings a manifestation of God's power into our reality. It'll heal your body and set you free and enable you to act in ways that are beyond your, your natural ability. Amen. And when you're done, you don't say, oh, yes, I've studied. I'm so disciplined in my prayer life. I'm so committed to God. I just love the Lord. I heard a person say years ago, talk more about how God loves you than how much you love him. <laughs> That'll do amazing things for him. I'm not saying you don't love him. I'm not saying you can't tell him I love you. But talk about how he loves you because that's glorifying to him and it sets us up to win. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray for a moment. Father, thank you for working in us here. Oh, by your spirit, by your spirit, you cause us to win, to overcome, to succeed in this life. Thank you for the grace of God, the ability of your, of your life in us to overcome every situation, every circumstance, to overcome every fear, even the fear of death. Hallelujah.